0: Hey, what's going on guys? Super excited for today's episode. You saw the title, so you know you're in for an amazing treat. But before we get there, I want to take care of a couple housekeeping items. Uh, number one, I want to really recognize our partners at the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. This giving season, if you can find it in your heart to give, we appreciate the support that you give to those who are out there working hard to fight against veteran homelessness. We still have about 38,000 plus homeless veterans that are suffering in the streets with a whole bunch of things from PTSD to substance abuse to you name it. And, And they need the support out there. National Coalition for Homeless Vets do an amazing job at it. And you can find information on how you can support down below in the show notes page. Lastly, I want to take a a moment to highlight a five-star review. I haven't done it in a while, so I want to bring this back. Uh, This one's from Jimmy Madigan. It was posted a month ago. He says, 100% recommend for all military. If you are active duty or retired military, you should definitely check these podcasts out. Real estate investing has so many benefits as an investment, especially for military. This podcast helped me get a running start for real estate investing in early September when I first started listening every morning on the way to work it made me want to learn more now 7 weeks later I am in the process of closing on my first house I cannot say for sure that I would be here if my perspective hadn't changed thanks mike and looking forward to more episodes Thanks so much again, Jim. We really appreciate it, and we appreciated having you on the podcast earlier uh, on, wishing you best of luck and success out there. And to all of you listening, thank you so much for all your time and support, and we appreciate your reviews. Please go out there and leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing, um, and let us know how we can continue to serve you. All right, guys, without further ado, let's kick the show. We've got Garrett Sutton coming on, and I am super excited to bring him to you. Let's do it. Hey, hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn. How to Build Wealth Through Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter stand by. Hey, hey, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. I am super, super excited today to share with you one of the legends in the game. His name is Garrett Sutton. You know him as Robert Kiyosaki's legal advisor. He is the author of Loopholes of Real Estate, amongst many other amazing books. And he is the CEO of Corporate Direct. Garrett, how are you doing?
1: Good, Mike. Uh, Thanks for having me today.
0: Uh, thank you so much for being on our show, sir. This is an absolute honor and a pleasure, and I am super excited uh, to be here just talking with you.
1: Well, there's a lot to learn about real estate inv- investing, as you know, so uh, I'm I'm happy to uh, share whatever I can with you and your listeners. Uh, so again, thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, I know that our listeners are super excited to uh, to hear from you, and and I can't wait. So, um, so sir, do you mind? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'll call you sir, this entire podcast, but Garrett, do you mind, uh, do you mind, um, giving us a little background on you and how you got started in real estate investing yourself?
1: Sure. Well, I grew up in the uh, San Francisco Bay area. I went to, uh, Berkeley, uh, and for undergrad, and then I went across the Bay to, uh, Hastings college of the law. That's the university of California's law school in San Francisco, and I studied law and passed the California bar, and decided to move up to Nevada. Uh, Nevada is a great state for setting up entities, so it was good for that. Oh, and uh, you know, I practice law here in uh, in, in Reno, uh, where I'm located. And um, how did I get started in real estate investing? Well, it's kind of funny, Mike. I I bought my first house. And, uh, then got married and we needed a bigger house. And so, you know, typically you think that you would sell the first house so you could buy the second, but if I sold the first house, I would have lost money on it. (laughs) So (laughs) I I decided, you know, let's just keep it as a rental. And, uh, so we kept the, uh, the first house as a rental and that's where I first uh, cut my teeth on, uh, real estate investing. And it turned out to be a good thing because the market went up uh, and, you know, by the time I sold it, it had appreciated quite a bit. So I was kind of just luckily forced into it. And that was my first exposure. And then I joined uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisor Group. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Robert is, is keen on, you know, Mike, he's a Marine. Uh first and, foremost, first and foremost Robert Kiyosaki is a marine and he he holds us accountable uh for a lot of things and uh, you are not going to be one of his teachers unless you practice uh what you preach and so uh, Robert encouraged me to be uh, continue with real estate investing and so I bought some apartment buildings and have learned a great deal about real estate investing, just from doing it, and uh, so that's how I got into real estate investing initially as an accident, and then with Robert Kiyosaki's uh, insistence, if you will, um, you know, by investing in larger properties, and it's it's been a good thing. Um, if your listeners are just starting out, um, you know, just know that getting into the real estate game, there are going to be some ups and downs. Uh, but at the end of your career, when you need that passive income to sustain you, because Social Security is not going to be there for any of us, Amen. Uh, to have that passive income at the end of the day is really going to be a good thing. Your spouse is going to be uh, thinking you're pretty darn smart for having invested in real estate along the way.
0: <laughs> that, is, that is so true. And I think that we lull ourselves into this false sense of security that, you know, the pension or the, um, the you know, uh, I guess social security, right, will be there for long term stability. But you're right. I mean, it's not. You know, These things are, are kind of volatile. So having that backup plan is the smart way to go about you know, building your retirement. Um, and, right. re- and really crazy how, how Robert Kiyosaki was the one that helped nudge you get you know, further along into that, uh, that journey. That's awesome.
1: Yep. You know, and these pensions, like you say, Mike, uh, the state of California, uh, has, uh, promised X and, uh, funded Y and the difference between X and Y is a trillion dollars. So they're underfunded by $1 trillion. And the state of California can't print money like the U.S. government. And so there's a day of reckoning coming with all these pensions. Oh, and no. I think people just have to be aware that you know it, it it's prudent not to rely on the government. And you've got to take steps to uh, forge your own way and provide for your own retirement, independent of government pensions and payouts.
0: Right, wow, oh my goodness, that's crazy, yeah. okay, uh well, yeah, so definitely, if you're listening, guys, make sure you take notes. <laughs> the time to start is now, <laughs> and getting educated um but uh, can, can you talk to us about some of the challenges that you faced along the way in uh in real estate?
1: Well, one of the challenges was uh just dealing with tenants um you know the when i when I talked about that first house, I had someone in there that was you know, it was kind of a flake. And, uh, you know, my parents always raised me to, you know, pay your bills on time and to be prudent in things. And then you you'll deal with some of these tenants and, you know, they, they weren't raised the same way I was. Um, you know, they'd rather pay their cable bill than their rent. Um, so Mm -hmm. you just have to be able to deal with these tenants in some states Uh, like California are really difficult for evicting tenants. I mean, tenants can, uh, string you out for two or three months of free rent, uh, before you can evict them. Nevada, on the other hand, it's good. You can, you can get someone out in five days. Uh, but you know, it's important (laughs) to understand is your, the, is the state where you're investing in real estate, is it tenant friendly or landlord friendly? Um, and some of these states have gone, have bent over backwards to, uh, you know, uh, accommodate the tenants. And certainly people have problems and all, and that's, that's understandable. But, uh, you know, as a landlord, I've got to make the mortgage, right? And so the tenant that doesn't pay me is forcing me to come out of pocket to make that mortgage. So you really want to choose your tenants carefully. Uh, you want to do background checks um you know in someone who's willing to pay the rent uh but doesn't have a good background check you know you're going to pay that extra 50 bucks and find out if this person has been evicted from other places has good credit um you really want to bring in the right kind of tenant because the bad kind of tenant they're going to string you out on the rent they're going to destroy the property And this is not to say that you shouldn't invest in real estate. I I think you should, but there are issues associated with real estate investing, and we'll talk about the asset protection. Uh, But right now, when you asked about uh, the challenges I had, Mike, uh, one of the top ones was just uh, learning to um, get the right tenant into my properties.
0: Right. And did you manage uh, your properties yourself?
1: Uh, the first rental I did, and mm-hmm. then the apartment building that uh, I bought, uh, I had a management. I had I had a manager in there for a while, and then I brought in a management company. Okay. Uh, but it's it's not some it's not a hands off thing. Even though you have a right. management company involved, uh, you've got to be looking over their shoulder uh, to just make sure that everything is done properly. That's yeah, true. That is very true, right?
0: Um, a phrase that we hear often in the military is trust but verify. And you want right. to make sure that you're not you know, putting all of your assets in the hands of other folks. And I think that that's part of the reason why we end up having these huge you know, issues when it comes to investing because people want that hands-off approach, but they don't go through the extra steps in making sure that their money is in the right place and it's being taken care
1: of. Um, right. A lot of you know, in the hand right, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. Well, the, the hands off approach, you know, works in some types of real estate investments a triple net lease property where you have uh, you own a building that Arby's is in, and it's triple net, meaning Arby's pays everything and then deposits a check in your account at the end of the month. And you know, it's pretty easy and it's pretty hands off, mm-hmm. but those are the kind of properties that you get towards the end of your career. I think at the start, uh, you're going to pay less, you're going to have more management activity, but a, a good place to start is you know, initially a single family home or a duplex. And then you can build up to the triple net lease properties at the end of your career when you really don't want to be hands-on all the time. So um, at the start, these are all issues you're going to have to deal with.
0: Okay. I uh, got it. Yeah. So it kind of escalates, right? A baby steps yeah. as it were.
1: Right. Oh, right. You got to start somewhere.
0: Makes sense. Okay. Well, all right, guys. Yeah, there it is. Another reason to take action now while you're young, right? <laughs> that's, that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wish I'd known about real estate investing when I was in my 20s. Um, I didn't get into it until I was uh, in my late 30s. Uh, but I have clients that have read Rich Dad Poor Dad and Loopholes of Real Estate and have taken to it. And, you know, some of these guys in their twenties have 10 or 15 properties. And I think it's terrific that they have taken the steps early on in their career and uh, learned how to buy real estate and manage real estate as well as hold real estate. And, I can tell you by the time they're in their fifties and sixties, they're going to be doing just fine uh, with passive income. Amen.
0: And that is exactly why we're trying to encourage as many folks as we can on our side too, because we know that the, uh, the implants of buying and holding properties can build you that way. So it's great. So, so can you offer some advice to some military that, You know, as they move around from duty station to duty station, you know, when they buy a property and they hold it for the long term, you know, what sort of things should they be thinking about? And maybe even more so in specific for asset protection.
1: Well, in terms of asset protection, Mike, they should have a, an LLC. That's the best way to hold real estate title. Now they should have an LLC on title to that property. So you're stationed in Georgia. We would have a Georgia LLC for the Georgia property. And typically then we have the Georgia LLC owned by one Wyoming LLC. Uh, And we can talk about why Wyoming. Then you move to Oklahoma and you buy a property in Oklahoma. Uh, The uh, title to the Oklahoma property would be in an Oklahoma LLC owned by that same Wyoming LLC. We don't need to set up a new Wyoming every time, but you mm-hmm. would set up a new Oklahoma LLC to own the Oklahoma property. And then you would just do that for each property as you move around, and then, you know, if you've moved from Georgia to Oklahoma, you you probably would have a management company, a good local management company handle management of the Georgia real estate. And again, you want to be able to look over the management company's shoulders. So either you or maybe a friend who's still stationed in Georgia uh, can, you know, can look in on the property and um, assist you in that regard. But um, Mike, I've had clients that have moved to various bases around the country. They picked up a property here and there. Their strategy is to buy and hold. And it's worked out well for them. I mean, part of the advantage is that if you have real estate near a base, there's always a need for housing,
0: right? Exactly. That's right.
1: And so you know that there there are going to be guys coming into Georgia that are going to need a place to live uh, if they're not on the base. And uh, so, you know, and you keep the network alive, and and people will rent from you because you're in the service. Um, So, you know, it's a, it's a good strategy.
0: It's a great strategy. And that's exactly why we try and encourage it. Thank you for offering that advice. So, so LLCs, uh, is it enough to just transfer your asset into an LLC or is there some sort of special way that you need to do it? Like I know, well,
1: there's more to it than that. And, and, uh, to take a step back, Mike, people will form the LLC, And then forget to transfer title to the property into the LLC. So you got to, you know, once you set up the LLC, then you have to take the affirmative step of going to the county recorder and transferring uh, title from the, um, uh, you know, from your name individually, if you bought the property that way, into the name of the new LLC. But then you ask a really good question. Okay, we've got the title to the Georgia property in the Georgia LLC. Is that enough? No, there are requirements every year that you have to follow. They're called the corporate formalities. They apply to corporations and LLCs. And you have to take steps every year to follow these formalities, which include holding a meeting once a year. Every state says you've gotta hold a meeting once a year. And we help you with that. We prepare the meeting minutes. Um, We also give you a book that shows you how to do it yourself, but a lot of people never get around to it. It's kind of like going to the dentist, you know, it's just not (laughs) something they want to do. So we'll help you with that, but you have to do that according to state law. You need to have a resident or registered agent uh, in the state of Georgia or Oklahoma or wherever your LLC is. And that's a person that will accept service of process, meaning a lawsuit, So you need to have someone resident in the state that can uh, accept notice of a lawsuit. If you don't, that can create real problems. You may never get notice of a lawsuit. And then someone can get a default judgment, meaning they Mm. they win without you even getting to present your case. Uh Um, You need to pay your fees to the state. You need to do a separate tax return in some cases. So these are all the formalities that you have to follow. They're not hard to follow. But if you don't follow them, then someone can pierce the veil and get at you personally. So we've set up a corporation or an LLC, and for real estate, we'll use an LLC. We've set up an LLC to provide limited liability protection. Uh, If a tenant sues, they can't get beyond the LLC to get your personal assets. They can just get what's inside that LLC. But if we don't do the minutes if we don't pay the state fee, if we don't have a registered agent, they can pierce through the veil and get at your personal assets. And we don't want that. We've set up the LLC so they can't get your personal assets. So we just have to follow these formalities every year to make sure that that uh, veil of protection stays up and strong.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is extremely important. and. I'm assuming now it, it's not just, you know, as easy as going to say something like LegalZoom then, right. And just setting up your LLC online and then, you know, just making sure you do all these things or is it important well, to have a legal team?
1: Some of the online services I have a problem with because they'll just take your information and they won't give you advice, whether you should be a corporation or an LLC or whatever. Right, And so we provide the same service at about the same price. um, And we're lawyers, we understand uh, the importance of some of these corporate formalities and all. So, um, you know, I think it's important to work with someone who appreciates the law. And then again, you know, some of your listeners are going to have unique situations where, you know, it helps to get on the phone with a lawyer and talk through the situation and come up with a, a plan specifically tailored to your unique situation. So, you know, I get on the line with people, Mike, and it's a $175 for half an hour. And in half an hour, we can usually come up with a solution. But if you know you just need a Georgia LLC, you know, just call the office. It's very inexpensive to set it up. And uh, you don't even need to talk to an attorney in that case. If you're buying a piece of real estate, uh, in, in Georgia or Texas or wherever, you know, you need a Texas LLC for the Texas property, just call us up and we can set up that entity.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, all right. See you guys. So make sure you're taking notes and, and we will definitely have, uh, have, um, you know, links to your, your website, uh, To make sure that folks can, can get in touch with you because, and this is very important. And I think this is something that a lot of, uh, folks don't realize as well that that corporate veil right can be pierced right um
1: yeah it can be pierced so we just want to follow the formalities every year
0: exactly i i kind of want to touch on just some of the risks maybe in in your experience can can you maybe give a story or two or something that you've seen you know maybe uh i don't know a a horror story that (laughs) that might you know shed a little bit of light as to what could possibly happen
1: Yeah, Mike, I tell this one a lot because it was really sad. This uh, lady uh, came up to me. uh, I was teaching a seminar in San Francisco and she just bought a duplex and she wanted to put it into an LLC. The, The property was in California, so you've got to pay California fees on that. And in California, the fee for an LLC is $800 per year. Wow. Um, other states are not that expensive. Wyoming, which we use is only $50 a year. Uh, but okay. California $800 a year. And I said, you know, I'm happy to set up the LLC. We'll transfer title from your, your name into the LLC, but it's going to cost you $800 a year for that LLC. And she goes, Oh, I, I can't afford that. And i I go, I'm sorry. Those are the rules of the state of California. Uh, It's $800 a year. She goes, okay, well, I'm just going to keep the property in my individual name. And so the next time, Mike, I was doing a seminar in San Francisco, uh, she came up to me and she says, you know, a tenant sued me. I'd like to set up that LLC now. Well, (laughs) Mm -hmm. at that point, it's too late. If (laughs) If title to the property is in your individual name, and there's an accident on the property. You can't put it into an LLC later and, and hope to be protected. Um, at that right. point, it's too late. So she, you know, by not setting up the LLC right at the start, um, she was personally responsible for that tenant's claim, and it was not a happy situation for her. So, you know, a lot of guys think, "Well, well I'll do this later. I, I just want to buy the property and get title." in my name and I'll transfer it into an LLC later. What happens, Mike, and, and I have plenty of horror stories to show this, is they forget to transfer it into the LLC. You know, they just they move on to other things. They they forget to do the transfer and then they get sued. And at that point they're personally responsible. So you gotta take steps right at the start right. uh, to protect yourself.
0: Right. Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, I, uh, I'm praying for that lady. I'm hoping things are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
1: that's yeah. really
0: sad. Um, but yeah, guys, make sure that you do it right. I mean, Garrett is absolutely right. I mean, if you're going to do this right, you might as well do it the right way. There's no reason to, you know, risk, um, not doing it the right way. And then later on something bad happens, especially when you're, let's say in the middle of deployment, you know, I mean, right. I, I, can't even imagine what the repercussions would be if you're getting sued, you don't show up, you don't even know about it, and now you have this responsibility as soon as you come back. That's crazy.
1: Right. Now, the other thing, Mike, is when you transfer title from your name into the LLC, uh, you'll probably have the insurance in your individual name. And then when you want to transfer title to the LLC, you want the insurance company to know the title is in the name of the LLC. They'll use the fact that titles in the name of the LLC and insurance is in your individual name to deny coverage. You know, these insurance companies find every excuse they can to deny coverage. (laughs) You know, you're paying the premiums, but how dare you make a claim? Uh, So what you have to do is you'll talk to the insurance company and you'll say, look, Uh, title to the uh, property is now in the LLC name. I'd like to have insurance under the LLC name. And what they'll say is, okay, the LLC is a business entity. Uh, We have to charge you a higher insurance premium because it's in a business entity, which of course is nonsense. I mean, the risk of a fire at the duplex is the same, whether it's in the insurance policies in your name or in an LLC name, there's no difference in the risk, but here's how you skin the cat. You say, okay, leave the insurance in my name, but list the LLC as an additional insured, meaning the insurance covers not only you, but the LLC, which is on title to the property. So that's uh, how we uh, get around that insurance uh, snafu. Okay, that is
0: awesome. Oh nice. That is definitely good. Guys, I really hope you took notes on that. I just did and I think I'm going to uh, start doing that too. No, on that's incredible. Okay. And that doesn't doesn't change the price at all or I guess usually- No,
1: uh in in my experience the uh the insurance company says, and you want a good agent on your team, you know, I mean, you're going to have a lawyer, a CPA, and certainly a good insurance agent is a key team member, someone who's on your side, you know, Um, but the insurance companies will uh, charge the premium as if it's in your individual name. And then you get to list the additional insured, which is make sure it's exact. It's it's the name of the exact LLC that's on title.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, can we talk real quick now that we're transferring the title and the um, and the property over to the business name? Doesn't that cause an issue with the bank as well? Let's say if you. Well, have
1: that's a, a really good question. I get that a lot, Mike. So, here's what happens: you say you buy the duplex and you have a mortgage on it, mm-hmm. and then you transfer it into the name of the LLC. Um, if you ask the bank, a lot of times they say no. They're getting a little better, but a lot of times they say, oh no, that's a due on sale clause, meaning you've transferred the property uh, as if you've sold it and the, the loan is due. Well, first of all, you haven't sold the property. You've just transferred it from your name to your LLC name, right? So there's no sale there. Right. Um, and the insurance company. Uh, still has your personal guarantee on the note. That doesn't go away. They still have a first deed of trust against the property. That stays the same. So the FHA allows it, they call it continuity of obligation. And so your listeners should write this term down if it ever comes up. It's continuity of obligation because you still are personally guaranteeing the loan you still, the bank still has a first deed of trust against the property. The obligation that you have to the bank has not changed. It's continuous. So continuity of obligation uh, is what what you'll use if it ever becomes an issue. Typically, though, I tell my clients to just make the transfer, right, from your name into the LLC name, and then you'll make the mortgage uh, payments with a check that is in the name of the LLC. So the bank will accept that check and they're kind of waiving their argument over time of accepting the LLC check. Mm, um, okay. And, and so, you know, is it better to ask permission or forgiveness? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Certainly it's better to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> and then we have a we have a little strategy for if the bank ever does that. But Mike, I've got to tell you, I just don't see it happening. Um, The banks uh, are getting used to the idea that LLCs are how people want to hold title. And frankly, it's better for the bank to have title in the name of the LLC, because if the individual gets sued, it's going to disrupt everything. It's much better if the LLC gets sued, right? The bank is better protected. Um, So, Typically, it it doesn't become an issue. If if you ask for permission, though, it could become an issue because some of the people you're dealing with, you know, they don't know the ins and outs. And, you know, you may have to play the level game where you go from, you know, bank manager to bank vice president. And this is another reason you want a banker on your team, too. You know, you, you want someone who will understand that you need an LLC for asset protection, and the bank is still going to get paid in that scenario. So um, it's just not that big of an issue. Although a lot of people, uh, Mike, are concerned about it. When you when you get into it, it just you'll see it's not that much of an issue. The bank will accept your check uh, drawn from the LLC account.
0: Thank you. Thank you for shedding light on that. That is definitely something that we've heard come across um the group multiple times. And I I think that this is just that fear that everyone has associated with banks because, you know, it it can be very burdensome burdensome, you know, going to the bank, seeing that giant schedule and as much money that you're in debt now and they fear that they're gonna have to come out of pocket, you know, a hundred or two hundred thousand in the event that they do anything wrong. So
1: Well, and you know, if they, if the bank does somehow come back and say, you know, we're going to exercise this due on sale clause, first of all, you're going to make the argument you never sold the property. Uh, but then if the bank is, is that determined, you would say, well, okay, I'll transfer it back to my individual name. Right. Okay. That's what they right. want. And, uh, you know, but it won't get to that point. It just, mm-hmm. in my experience, with all of these entities, it, I just don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, and and honestly, guys, this is definitely something valuable because, I mean, Garrett, I'm sure you do what, like thousands probably in a year, right, with your company. I mean, this is- We do a lot of
1: them. (laughs) Right.
0: This is not something that is just, (laughs) Uh, you are a super professional and a legend in this. So we definitely value the experience. So guys, take notes. And uh, and I definitely wrote down that continuity of obligation because that's something I'll keep in my pocket too in case- that does
1: That's it. the key term.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So I know we've mentioned a couple times uh, about different states, right, entities in different states, but um, are there any states that are better for uh, entity protection than others?
1: Well, uh, we, we mentioned that structure where we had the Georgia LLC and the Oklahoma LLC owned by one Wyoming LLC. And the reason we like that structure is if you get sued by a tenant in Oklahoma, Oklahoma law applies, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we don't need the Wyoming for that one. But Mike, let's say you get in a car wreck and it has nothing to do with the Georgia property or the Oklahoma property. You, you know, someone has a claim against you for a car wreck. Then they would want to come after the, uh, the LLCs that you have to get at the real estate. That's where the Wyoming comes into play. Mm. Uh, Wyoming provides excellent asset protection, as does Nevada and Delaware. But we'll talk about Wyoming, why Wyoming is better. Um, so if someone's suing you personally, doesn't it doesn't involve the real estate. They want to get at the real estate, though. So someone's suing you personally, they have to fight through the Wyoming LLC. In Wyoming, the exclusive remedy is the charging order, which is a lien on distributions, uh, unlike a California LLC, where the the court says, "Have at it, Mr. Car wreck victim. Go sell all the California real estate." Um, uh-huh. We don't want that. We want Wyoming in place. Wyoming says, "Okay, you have a claim against Mike, but you don't get to go in and force the sale of the real estate. You're just going to get whatever Mike distri- is receives in distributions." Uh, well, Mike may not receive anything in distributions under this structure. As well, the attorney who's on a contingency, meaning they get a percentage of what's collected, they don't want to sit around and have to fight with a Wyoming court and, and see what kind of distributions are made. So we always recommend that you have insurance and you'll have a uh, car and home insurance and on top of that, you can get what's called an umbrella policy, which covers uh, other claims, but really provides extra coverage if you get in a car wreck or if someone falls at your property. And typically, you know an extra million dollars of umbrella policy coverage is only four hundred dollars a year. You know so it's pretty it's pretty inexpensive insurance. By having regular insurance and an umbrella policy, the attorneys know how to get at the insurance monies, right? They're really good at that. They're not very good at getting at LLC interests. It's a pain, it it takes extra time. They'd rather move on to the next case that had insurance money because they know how to get at that. So we use insurance and then entities. Insurance are the first line of defense. Entities are the second line of defense. And so we want to have it structured so that someone can collect on insurance and then they're dissuaded from going after the entities. Well, Wyoming, Nevada, and Delaware are really good when it comes to that charging order protection, that lean on distributions. The reason we like Wyoming over Nevada and Delaware is, as we mentioned, Mike, Wyoming is only $50 a year, right? Right. That's all you have to pay to the state. And then we're your resident agent up there in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And that's only $125 a year. So for $175 a year, it's like another form of insurance. Uh, You have that Wyoming protection. As well, Wyoming does not list your name on the state website as being an owner of the LLC. So you have privacy there too. If someone's looking to see what you own uh, in anticipation of a lawsuit, they go to the Wyoming website, they're not going to see that you own XYZ LLC. Your name doesn't appear anywhere. So that's why we like Wyoming. Good asset protection, affordable fees, $50 a year, and privacy. Your name is not listed on the state website. Um, So that's why I like Wyoming as the best state. Certain states are pretty weak. Uh, California, as we mentioned, New York, um, Utah is really weak. Uh, So we don't want to set up the holding entity in one of those states because they're weak states.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And it's really interesting because, you know, you see real estate booming in places like New York and California, right? But I mean, the, the protection, I wonder, I guess, you know, that's probably where they go. They go to states like Wyoming, right, where there's a lot of strength behind that, um, or insurance. Yeah.
1: And so you buy a property in New York, it's going to be held in a New York LLC, but then the New York LLC is owned by the Wyoming LLC. So in the car wreck example, they have to fight through Wyoming to get at New York and fighting through Wyoming is not a winning proposition.
0: Wow. That is awesome guys. Make sure you take notes on this. This is incredible wisdom. Thank you so much, Garrett. Um, sure. can, can I ask another question now when it comes to, I know we spoke a lot about LLCs, but I also get the question about S corporations. So in your opinion, I know you've mentioned a lot about LLCs, but can you offer like advice as to why an S corp may not be the best entity as to, uh...
1: yeah, the S corp with the, um, the S corp taxation, uh, you're going to be paying more in taxes, um, than you would with just using an LLC as a, a disregarded entity, or if you have, uh, you know, two partners um, as a, uh, an LLC tax as a partnership. So, also, sometimes when you um, need to transfer title in and out of the entity, uh, with an LLC, it comes in and out at its basis. There's no tax involved. When you transfer property out of an S Corp, that's considered a sale of the property and you have to pay tax on that. So I'd much rather have uh, my clients just use the LLC uh, for holding real estate. The S-Corp has its place. S-Corps are great if you run a business um, and you can have an LLC taxed as an S-Corp or a C-Corp if you want. The LLC is really flexible. It can be taxed however you want. But the S-Corp is really good for business in the sense that you pay yourself a reasonable salary. Uh, and you pay those darn payroll taxes on that. And then the rest can flow through, not as salary, but as a distribution. And you save that 15, 15.3% to the uh, to IRS on the uh, payroll taxes. And I know this is kind of complicated, but I wrote about it uh, in the book, Start Your Own Corporation. Uh, some of it's also in loopholes of real estate. So, but as a general rule for your listeners, and there are certainly exceptions, but as the general rule for your listeners, you're going to use an LLC to hold real estate title. You're going to use an LLC taxed as an S corp to conduct business. Or if you're involved in flips, that can also work for flips. Um, so, Again, there, you know, the government gives us all sorts of choices. You know, you could be an LLC, a limited partnership, a C corp, an S corp. It's great; they give us all these choices. They don't teach it in school, of course. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you have not. to go out and you have to <laughs> learn it yourself. But at least they've right. given us the choices. Um, and so you'll you'll come to learn which entities that you know you should use in this circumstance or that circumstance. And again, if you have questions, I, I can just get on the phone with your listeners. It's 175 for half an hour and we can go through what the best choice is for you and your specific situation.
0: Wow. All right. We'll see. There you go. Definitely make sure that you get the help that you need and deserve because setting it up right the first time can go, you know, leaps and bounds and you, you don't have to worry about that headache. So that is awesome. Thank you so much, Garrett. We really appreciate your time uh, for this podcast. This has been amazing and you've given us so much wisdom. Um, I, I honestly would love to, you know, hear more about, you know, corporate direct and what you guys are doing. And I'm sure our listeners, you know, would love to hear kind of what other services you may offer. And um, if, if you sure. have a specific, yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah. Corporate direct is our company that uh, provides, uh, um, LLC and corporate formation services. And as we mentioned with the corporate formalities, we also provide the maintenance services. Once you've set up the entity, you have to maintain it. So we help you with that at Corporate Direct. Uh, If you have an LLC or a corporation where you haven't done the minutes for a few years, uh, don't tell anyone, but we can can clean it up for you uh, so that you're current. We have a cleanup service. And then we provide the resident agent service uh, in all 50 states. So, say you have a uh, an LLC and you don't like the resident agent; they're not responsive or whatever. You can switch over to us, and we'd be happy to work with you on that basis. Uh, so, the website is corporatedirect.com, uh, or you know you can get on the line with one of our paralegals. We provide a free 15-minute consult about what we offer and how we can help you. And so you can call 800-600-1760 and just ask to speak with uh, one of the account reps. Now, I will mention, Mike, that, you know, we do value uh, our service members. And, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki as a Marine, certainly appreciates uh, what, what all of your listeners do. And so if you mention Rich Dad, uh, when you call up for setting up an entity, uh, we'll give you a 100, uh, $100 discount. So the regular price is $695 for setting up an entity. If you mention Rich Dad, it's it's just $595, plus the filing fees, which vary from state to state. But the 595 price is the package price. It includes everything. It includes the articles uh, filed with the state. It cl- includes tailoring your operating agreement for your specific situation. We do the minutes. We issue the certificates. Not many of these online guys issue the certificates. And if the, the stock certificates, if the IRS comes calling, you want to have those issued. That's a big thing for them to see. So we do the whole package. And uh, we would love to work with your listeners, Mike, because uh, we appreciate all you guys do.
0: Wow, thank you so much Garrett. That is amazing. And oh, I really hope you guys take take please take that. That is incredible. Um and and, and an amazing quality, you know, service. I like this. You definitely don't want to take lightly, guys. So, make sure that you write that down and and that'll also be in the show notes for you guys to check out. Um as well as the number in the in the website link to go check out uh, uh Corporate Direct and all the great things that they're doing out there for us. Um, thank you, Garrett. Really appreciate it.
1: Great. That. Well, thank you, Mike, for uh, allowing me to, to speak with your listeners today. And I, I encourage all of them to, and it sounds like they are, you know, consider pursuing real estate uh, as a you know, passive income generator for you throughout your life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But before you go, I'd gotta take you to the bonus round. Otherwise, my father right. definitely uh <laughs> it would, it'd hate me for this one. So all right. <laughs> so I've got to ask you, three questions at least, uh, what is your favorite book?
1: You know, I read this book uh, when I was in college, and it's it's just it's always been one of my favorites, and it's called A Man Called Intrepid. And it, it dealt with William Stevenson, who uh, helped defeat Nazi Germany by being this spy in Europe. And he, he, came, up, he, he uh, you know, came up with the, um, uh, oh, what was the name of the uh, code? You know He cracked the code, and, and the Allies were able to understand what Hitler was doing because he got one of these Enigma codes uh, over to Britain. And the, the stories in this book are just incredible. So it's called A Man Called Intrepid uh, by William Stevenson. All right.
0: Definitely going to look that one up. That is amazing. And I'll add that yeah, to Yeah, it's my a list. great story. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. William Stevenson. All right. So who is your favorite hero and why?
1: Well, I always liked Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, I thought he was, uh, you know, he had a unique American energy. He helped bring the country into the, I guess, then the 20th century. Um, He he just, he's always appealed to me. In fact, I named my son Theodore because I always liked Teddy (laughs) Roosevelt. (laughs) All right.
0: Nice. (laughs) There you go. That's awesome. Um, okay, cool. So, what three nuggets do you have for those who are getting started?
1: Well, a couple. Uh, yeah, the three would be one. You know, pay your real estate broker. Don't try and you know chintz them on the uh, on the fees. <laughs> if you treat your real estate broker right, they're going to bring deals to you. Amen. They're going to know that they can work with you. That they're going to get the commission that they've earned. You're not going to chisel them on it. So just treat your real estate broker right, and they'll bring other deals to you in return. Um, Another thing would be just to, you know, at some point, you're going to read, you're going to go to seminars, you're going to learn, but at some point, you got to do, you know, a lot of people get uh, uh, stymied, they call it the it's called the paralysis of analysis, you know, and they just want to know every single number. And, it prevents them from going out and actually buying real estate and just know you're going to make some mistakes on the first couple deals. It's okay, right? You're supposed to make mistakes. Exactly. It's normal. So just get out there after you, you know, after a a reasonable amount of time of learning, get out there and do it. You're going to learn more by doing it than ever reading a book. Amen. So the, the third one would be just, as we said on the show, Mike protect yourself right from the start. You know, the people who say I'll I'll get that LLC later. uh, It's funny how it works out, but they're the ones who get sued by a tenant when title is in their individual name. You just need to do this right from the start and be protected.
0: Wow. Amen. Amen. That is so, so true. And, uh, and amazing nuggets. Definitely take heed guys. This is sage advice from a legend. So, this is uh, incredible. Again, um, thank you so much, Garrett. Really, really appreciate your time. Um, get wow, <laughs> I'm 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 floored here. I've gotten so many notes on my page. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm going to go in and there's some things I got to implement too here now in my in my uh, strategy of investing. So, uh, but then anyway, I'll let you go. I know you're very very busy. Thank you so much again. And uh, guys, make sure you get in touch with Garrett Sutton. Incredible.
1: All right. Thank you, Mike. And thanks for having me on the show. And good luck to all of your listeners in your real estate investing.
0: All right. Thank you. Wow. What an incredible interview and what an incredible guy. Definitely get in touch with Garrett and his company. They will take care of you. And there is something to be said about setting it up right and setting up right the first time. Okay. Make sure you take heed to the good principles and lessons in this episode. If you guys are ready to get started, get started. In investing in your future and taking action, reach out to us, www.activitypassiveincome.com. Check out our Military Real Estate Academy. We catered it just for you because we want to make sure that you get off to a good start and get off to the races. Make sure you check out the show notes page to all of Garrett's resources and for a link to set up your financial freedom call with me. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your goals. I want to hear what's going on. So please get in touch and let's figure it out and make it happen. All right, guys, I'm running out of time. I'm out of here. Take action today and go make stuff happen in your life.